So, yeah, I'm going to screw that up just right there. I got nothing. That's all right. (laughs) But a lot of times I get asked about socialization with young dogs. And I'll be honest, I am not a breeder anymore. I really am not a huge fan of having litters. I would rather go pick one that I like instead of (laughs) having to house and feed and all that. But it is really tough for a lot of guys to know when is the appropriate time to introduce a dog, you know, to other people, surroundings, you know, when is that dog mentally ready? Is there just an age you just suck it up and go throw them into the world? Or, you know, is there a method behind it to make sure that you get a well-rounded dog in the field that isn't, you know, ducky or scared or, you know, a confidence because with that confidence, I mean, it produces great things. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, you know, with the puppies here at the kennel, we're trying to socialize them in a biosecurity safe environment with my kids. <laughs> no parvo being, here. <laughs> yeah, trying to keep away from all the diseases. Um, not yeah, parvo's a wicked one. Uh, corona's a wicked one. Any there's lots of different little viruses that the pups can get. Coccidia, Giardia, there's all these things that they can get that can mess them up when they're that baby, you know, little babies. Mm-hmm. But socialization and socializing your pup, I look at that as your engagement with dogs, other dogs, and also people, socialization with people. Um, and then exposure training, we like to use those terms, is more like getting the dog in and out of the truck, going to the yard, going to the field, going to the woods, figuring out what a crick is, how to move through the rocks, all that kind of stuff. So we do get a lot of dogs in. And so breaking that down for puppy stuff, it's like, okay, I got this eight week old puppy. Um, It's man, it's vital to get that dog around people and make him realize that people are good and fun. And I, I love having puppies with my kids because it's in a, in a, in a dog's eyes when a human's only two feet tall instead of five <laughs> or six feet tall, it, there is a different, you that know, makes puppies, sense. they react different. And so, you know, Kip can go over there and grab a pup and pick it up and, and puppies don't feel, um, you know, in, in any way scared yeah, fearful. Or, or fearful. Yeah. That, that's a good word. And so that's, you know, I think we try to talk to all of our clients about making sure your puppy's coming home. It's usually had its first shot or second shot. So you need to be a little bit careful with just taking him to the dog park or just taking him to the neighbor's house. You know, you want to make sure you're staying, keeping that puppy healthy, but getting him around as many people as possible. So I think the first, my first caution to everybody is make sure your pup's fully vaccinated. And that's all those shot recommendations are three to four shots before mm-hmm. they say that he's got the full immunity. So I really don't, you know, eight-week-old puppy you just took home, don't take him to the dog park. No. (laughs) Well, and I think for me, something I always tried to keep in mind when I was introducing pups and trying to socialize them into the pack even, there were certain dogs that they got to introduce to first. You know, there was a reason because I'm not going to throw them in with that dog that just will run over and stand over them and want to play. Like, it's very intimidating. That high energy was not good. You know, it was an old dog that would hang out, let them chew on them a little bit. If they had enough, they'd let them know and teach them some respect. Right. But you know, it, I think that the method to it makes a big difference, sure. you know, it, cause you can do a lot of damage 
I think in those early days, I mean, one bad experience sticks with these dogs so much at that age. Yeah. I mean, that's really hard to overcome. I've had to do it. And, you know, even when you think they've overcame it, all of a sudden you're, you're roading a dog and it kind of looks off the side of the road funny and wigs out. Like what's going on? Like something is triggered in your brain right now and I don't understand it, but you know, you've had the, this one time something stuck in your brain. So do you do you think it's better to introduce them to your own pack before you take them out into the public so it's a more controlled environment and, like you said, biosterile? De- yeah, definitely. So with those little puppies, what we're doing is getting on the ground and crawling around with them and holding them and picking them up and just, you know, Becky Dwyer has a really good, um, on her Facebook, she has a really good setup for, how to how to get those pups kind of used to stimulation as they're little I mean just sure, around right and and that's awesome um and then we don't I'm not letting them go out with the big dogs yet I, and I probably won't even let them go socialize with the big dogs until they're 4 to 5 months old I really I'm pretty slow on that part with the other dogs How old are they now? Uh well which pups <laughs> oh, you're saying you're not going to start until they're four months. I was well, just wondering I, I, like that. Yeah, group. so like from eight weeks to 12 weeks, I'm kind of just letting them hang out with dogs that are their size, their age, yeah, and or someone like like you talked about, like Emma. Somebody mm-hmm. that's really, really, I got a really good handle on that dog, and I can go I can go tell Emma, Emma just to go lay down, and the puppies want to go over, and they can engage with her at their confidence level, right? It's like... Some some of the pups are real bold and they'll just go jump on top of her, and she's really good and she's just sitting there looking at me like, "What's this goofball? What are you doing you know? to me?" <laughs> and then some of the pups are like, mm, "I don't know you that well," so they uh, they they can engage at, at their you know at their discretion, I guess you could say. But for us, yeah, the me- the the way that we do it is just getting our hands on them with as as they are a litter. Those from week five to eight is just crucial. It's just us handle them as much as we can in and out of the in and out of the the whelping center and then when you get home with your pup i would socialize and bond with them for those first two weeks really hard you know hand feeding um sure. in and out of the house i i'm not a big fan of opening the door of my house and just saying hey the entitlement's yours <laughs> go for it like right. it's a level of uh you earn my house you're it's not an entitlement and so they respect the home they they have a different feeling when they come in the house that hey this is a place i gotta have a little bit more calm i gotta be a little more focused i gotta pay attention to what i'm doing when you talked about that in one of the earlier podcasts that we did was you know they come in and they're in a crate and they earn you know where they can go in the house they're not just going to come in and go counter surfing i remember that one right so when you're doing that first i mean like you said that five to eight weeks Yes. I mean, most of us on the receiving end, we don't get our puppies until eight, ten weeks a lot of times. Right. So when they come home, you're saying, let's take a couple of weeks, get to know that dog, socialize with it. Right. And you're right at that 12-week mark. I mean, three months. So yeah. at, at that point, when you kind of hit that, hey, the dog knows who I am. It knows it can trust me. We've socialized it. You talked about environmental and introducing them to different surroundings more so than socialization. Right. How do you start that off to where they're not overwhelmed? Like you're not going to take a 12 week old puppy 
and well, I shouldn't say you're not going to because I've done it. You know, take a 12 week old puppy and just go walk off into the woods with it. Right. I've seen that work. I've had lots of dogs that that's worked on. Right. But there's other dogs that they just they don't like it. You can yeah. tell it. You can tell by their body language. So what can you do so with we, that age group to yeah. boost that confidence? So we start with like in our we have a field behind our house. We own six acres behind the house, and that field's pretty low cut in a lot of places. And then some places are, you know, we got some big bushy stuff along the creek and that. So we start with little walks out there, and I don't know if it really matters where if it was like a trail in the forest, but just time. You don't want to go for like a three hour or two hour walk, right? It's like a Hey, let's all go. I'll take if I can. I'll take two, two or three pups at the same age, and we'll go for a walk out there in the field. And then it's twenty minutes, right? And they're all just bouncing around. They got all that energy. I like to do it after they've been either in the kennel for a little bit or in the crate for a little bit, and it's like all this energy's bottled up, and they're so blowing they can't around. Think about everything. Yeah, they're, they're just, just kind of like, Yeah, they're just having fun. They're just blowing off steam and having fun. And so we start with a little field behind the house, and then and then we start going to the woods. I I there's nothing better than a really nice government trail <laughs> that's that's been manicured that you can walk down at a nice you know slow pace, and those pups can bounce in and out of that. Um, they can get into the thick stuff if they want. If they are intimidated, man, they just bounce right back to that that nice groomed trail, and then that that kind of lets each pup go at his pace at his. Ex- you know, how sure. fast he wants to get out. And, and some pups are really bold and they blow out of there. And then some pups, it's those first two or three walks. All they do really is just kind of follow along on the trail. They're sniffing stuff. They're getting to see those big scary bushes that, that are like, right. what the heck is that? <laughs> Come around the corner and there's a big choke cherry bush, you know. And they're like, whoa, I don't even know what that is. So It's a monster is what it is. Yeah. But I think the key there to that one is just short sessions. Short little walks consistently, and then you know a week later the pups just blowing around and having fun and and it just makes things easy. I'll give you an example that's I've got a dog in the kennel right now that with COVID going on she's uh, nine or ten months. Well, she had never been around another dog in nine months. Oh wow! She came in for training and it's a dog that was purchased from us as a puppy. And I'm talking to the owner, and he's like, "Well, Jared, with COVID restrictions, where we were living, we just we we really had very few opportunities to interact with other dogs. So it took me two or three weeks to get a nine-month-old dog. Like, she would look at him and be like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with those other dogs, you know. So mm-hmm. I I had to really just take things slow with her and uh, staking out, tying out is a great one because you could tie out two dogs kind of close to each other." And she could see them, smell them, you know. But if that other dog got jumping and barking and crazy, she could just stay in her own little bubble. And then have a safe a safe zone, right? Yeah. Safe room. <laughs> yep. And so it took you know it took her two weeks of being tied out, and then working with other dogs. And now now I can just unclip her, and and she runs around and plays with everybody. But it took her a minute to be like, whoa, I don't I don't want to engage, and so. You know, there's a scenario where you got a dog that's almost 10 months to a year old that doesn't even know how to interact with other dogs. And if you're a houndsman, that's that's just a recipe for disaster, right? Because oh, yeah. you got to have dogs that can get in and out with other with your buddy or with your hunting partner or even if you ran into somebody else. 
Yeah, whoever's tree you wind up at. I mean, it happens. Right. And that makes it tough, too. So, because let's say... I got a little sidetracked there, but that's... I mean, that's just a perfect example of if you don't have... If you don't have the... Make opportunities for your dog to learn how to engage with other dogs. Kind of learn... It's like it's just like us in a social environment, you know. There's some social cues when you pick up on them. There's mm. a time to shut up and leave, and there's a time read to read the room. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, so your bird dogs, I'm assuming, spend most of their time in the daylight when they're hunting. But you still, you're traveling. You're on the road. You're out at night. Even if you got to walk that dog, yes. you know, just out to use a bathroom. Right. Do you make a conscious effort to attack? that environment to break them into or does that usually fall into hey this dog's comfortable in its surroundings in the daylight it's got confidence built yeah because i i've never thought of that until right now right because i do most of my hunting at night i mean they're just around it from day one but you know those dogs that go out to the end of the porch light and sit there and just bark or they're guard doggy (laughs) like i call it i wonder if some of that comes from less environmental exposure during that nighttime, I don't know. I mean, it's not really a no. I think you're spot benefit, on. but it I'd, just kind of makes you wonder because yeah, those I've, little things, man, with puppies, it seems like puppies and kids. A little thing to us right. is a huge thing to them. Yeah, I I don't run any of my hounds in the night at nighttime. We're always day hunting, so I I I would expect that if I came and went hunting with you at night, that my dogs those first five or six casts might be like what the heck dude yeah like, what are we doing i don't get it yeah same with puppies i yeah i think man if you're gonna make a coon dog or you're gonna make uh a dog that's gonna hunt at night you gotta expose them to that just like you oh, would expose sure. them just like you'd expose them to the to gunfire or expose them to birds or expose them to the woods or whatever that's gonna be a huge one i you know, most of, none of our bird dogs, I would say, would hunt at night because they don't. They wouldn't have a clue. They know how to go out and use the potty at night. And that's about right. as far as well. It I goes. was just thinking, like my mom's dog. You know, you kick it outside at night, right? And all he does is he goes to the edge, and you can tell he's listening. And he just barks, <laughs> you know, because he, he's like he's not settled. Even though he's in the light, he's not settled. And I, right. I've thought back now that we're talking about it. It, it's interesting to think how a dog's brain works to me. I don't right. know. There's no other way to put it because the the way they process things and things are ingrained. Definitely. It's kind of wild. Yeah. And I think but, that that example would carry over to anything. Um, you know, we get a lot of dogs that come in for training. Being in a kennel environment is a huge stressor. It's a huge out of, out of their element, out of their natural um, routine every day. And it makes a much more well-rounded dog when he leaves here because he had to come and learn how to tie out. He had to learn how to do all these things. And then not only that, he had to live in a kennel and there was a lot of stress and there was a lot of dogs barking and all this chaos. And the dog goes home and now his level of tolerance for things is much higher, right? It's like, oh, there's the neighbor's yappy dog. No big deal. No big deal. Yeah, I've been living with 40 dogs that bark all the time. Like, who cares, you know? Right. And so... And that's what you're trying to do with those puppies. Going back to our puppy thing here is you're trying to build them. You want them. I try to tell people, make them like King Kong. Make them think they're the biggest badass on the block, right? Just yep. running around, super confident, um, blowing into the cover, 
not afraid of the little stream, you know, start off with a really shallow stream or a wade pool in your backyard and just let them play in the pool when it's hot. You get that question a lot. How do you get your dogs in the water? And the best thing to do is go buy one of those stupid little kiddie pools, put about oh, two yeah, inches of water. Yeah. Put about two or three inches of water in there in the summer and then just let your pups run around in the backyard and eventually they'll be in the middle of it, drinking it, laying all over in it, running around. But so there's kind of two two key components I think you could take away from today. One is socialization. You really gotta go take that dog to new people and other dogs. You gotta go find the most annoying dog in the neighborhood and put your dog on leash and walk you know, walk over there and have a little interaction and help your dog realize, oh, hey, that dog's just just, just a dog, you know? He's just yapping and being crazy and no big deal. Sure. Um, if you could do that with puppies through, like, a fence, because then you're preventing any bad exposure, any bad events, because I could tell you all kinds of crazy stories. <laughs> you can't control that other dog sometimes. <laughs> exactly. I've had, I've had other dogs come in, you know, call the question, like, hey, my dog got jumped today. He was on a leash. And we were walking through the park, and another guy lost his leash, and yep. his dog jumped my dog, and now my dog's like, just in kind of in panic mode, right? They're like freaking out. So, I'm sure. Yeah, get those puppies exposed to other dogs, other people, and and then the environment is huge too. Other locations, I think hauling dogs, just taking them down to the local hardware store, putting them in the truck and hauling them. That's so big. Can you start hunting across the country or start loading your dogs and hauling them? If all they've ever been hauled is 20 minutes to the woods. And it's then you, different, for sure. And yeah, and you jump them and you go haul them for 8, 10 hours to go hunt a different state. That stress they're not used to, and that can mess them up pretty bad. Yeah, every time I've found with traveling, I'm already fighting the stress and the GI issues. Mm-hmm. You know, you leave with a dog that's 5 pounds heavy and it comes back 10 pounds light kind of deal. Right. It's... um. So puppies, I mean, A, I believe in really getting them going in the truck as soon as possible to keep them from getting car sick. Right. Because, I mean, that is the worst to have a car sick hound dog. That does not work. Right. You know, in in just different environments. But that is a really great point about traveling. I think that's something most of us don't really think about. Right. But, you know, it it is a big deal to get them used to that. It is. And having to wait, you know, because I feel like when we're hunting, they're really anticipating what's going on. They know you're hunting. Yes. But to just be able to ride and understand that, hey, I'll figure out what we're doing when we get there and dad tells me kind of deal. Right. I think that's a big one. I think a key, uh, something that'll kind of tee you up for success with that is to do your crate training at home. And we do that really well with the bird dogs, maybe not so well with the hound dogs, but we utilize that crate as part of life. From mm-hmm. from eight weeks on, we're we're using we're using the crate to help potty train, but we're also using that crate to help self soothe and help relax it's and have and have a safe place. And all it's it's funny you're just putting your dog in the crate, but you're doing like ten things at once, right? Right. There's something no to crate be, training, man. <laughs> yeah. I can't emphasize it enough. Right. But if you can get a dog comfortable that when he's in the crate, he just lays down and chills out, and then you add the crate to the car. And then it's like, oh, we go for a 20-minute ride. Cool. When I come in this thing, I just I lay down and I'm calm and I'm quiet. And then when I'm going to the hardware store, it's not a big deal. Then when you go to, you know, haul them to deer camp. Deer camp might be an hour or two. 
but that pup's going in and he's getting hauled and then he gets out and gets tied out and then he runs around. I mean, our summer camp with our bird dogs and hound dogs is it. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. It looks like fun. <laughs> I saw your Instagram post, man. Yeah. They were, yeah. And that's what I think about like our old bear camp, you know, I, and I think back to those dogs that I used to have that I didn't travel with other than hunting. Right. And I, I, do you think that part of like the weight and the stomach issues you run into when hauling is because they just haven't learned to just chill the heck out? Yeah. They're just high strung the whole time. They're, right. They think they're going hunting, so they're in that mode. Right. And, yeah, that makes sense. If man. you can make them a little more well-rounded, just not every time you get in the crate, you're going to go hunting. Sometimes you're just going to get in the crate, go for 20 minutes, sit somewhere for 10 minutes come back a 20 minute drive and then you're back in the house and you're out and you're sure. out. if you can add those small things into your into your daily routine man those well-rounded dogs when you, when you do go for that first six eight hour haul that it's not near the stress on them as they would and i think exposure training is also just getting them in different environments because you got mm-hmm. some dogs that go in the field really well and then like you're saying if you're going somewhere and you need to leash out a dog and just I got some dogs in for training that won't that won't go potty on leash, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, yeah, that's that's kind of important, right? Like if we're gonna go haul you across, we go to South, we try to go to South Dakota every fall, you know, and that's a twenty-two hour haul from here. And if a dog can't go out and use, you know, go on a potty break on leash in the middle that's of a problem in the middle of nowhere, yeah, it's a problem. So you think you think of these things are little little things, but they add up and. Get him used to, get him used to parking lots. Get him used to coming in and out of the truck, like at some goofy random exit. You know, it's like, hey, all right. we're gonna do is gonna go up to this exit. I'm gonna get him out. We're gonna walk around. Gonna do a couple recalls. But every time you stop somewhere, the dog's not gonna, you know, be like, oh crap, what's that big light pole or what's, you know, <laughs> what's I, yeah, I I'm not a big fan of like the little pet smart training scenarios. But taking your dog to PetSmart or taking him to Lowe's or taking him to Home Depot or taking him somewhere where you can walk that dog into a location where there's a thousand things going on in that store. Man, if you could yeah. walk your hound dog through there on leash and he's a total gentleman, just think how he's going to act in the woods. Because he's going right. to feel at home, right? He's going to feel natural. These little dogs, if you can get them into a place where there's a bird dog trainer in Washington and she literally finds rush hour traffic. And then she walks those eight-month-old dogs down rush hour traffic on the sidewalk. And there's horns honking and, I mean, semi-breaks and all this stuff is just loud crazy. And the first few walks, the dogs' minds are just like, boom, you know. They're just freaking out. But after a week, nothing. No thing. Nothing. And so it's just crude. It's so much. There's so much to be said for exposure training. You know, well, that's why, I mean, I love doing these training tips. I know sometimes we do gear and sometimes we have tips for the the handler, but you know, there's so many different outlooks on this. And even just in this recording, I mean, you've made me really think about some stuff that, you know, I might've noticed before, but you kind of break it down a little farther and a, I'm no expert, you know, I know what works for me most of the time I can figure it out. And your way of doing things is is different than the next guy, but that's why I really appreciate you know you guys coming on you and Ross and, and other guests that we're going to have in the future, so that we can give everybody a broad 
a paint a broad picture because bits and pieces here and there, you know, some things aren't for everybody, but I think this is one topic that any information you should take it in socializing, you know, getting dogs out in that environment, take everything in because it's not going to hurt. I'm telling you, like I, I can tell you now the difference in dogs that I used to have versus dogs that I have now or dogs that I had introduced certain ways. It does make a big difference in the long game. Yeah. My 10 year old that's sleeping in my living room right now, he was he was trained different. He was exposed different. I didn't know what I was doing. I think I lucked out. But something in that background made him the stoic gentleman as you say you know he right. he's very solid anywhere right so i think he had some really good points on that one jared there make makes me think at least yeah and you know I, I talk to people a lot of times about just training training in a hundred different locations if you've got that little pup and you're working on recall and you're just doing a little bit of exposure man you jump in your truck and drive down the road even if it's a dirt road and it's a country road and you drive for three minutes and you put that pup out to a new spot. It's new smells. It's new spot for him. There might be brush there that he's not used to. There might be a crick he's not used to. Whatever it is, you got to you gotta do that exposure training just like your physical training, you know, your obedience training. Hundreds of little small different touches in lots of different places. And then when you drop him out of the truck, you know, you haul him to Arizona for a day and you drop him out. He's... He's like no big deal. This Nothing's is no- new. Yeah, they've done that. I have. I've. I've been dropped out of this truck in thousands of little places. There's nothing to panic about. There's nothing to be worried about. I mean, it just. There's something to be said about being able to open the dog box and bite your dog out, and he jumps down, and you don't have to worry about him blowing out of the country. You don't have to worry about him getting hit by the truck. You know, another sure. car if you've got to stop. There's just. All these little things, um, yeah, I, I, just keep it simple and keep it hundreds of little touches, expose him kind of slow. And then when he's four or five months, start roading him with those, you know, six months. Start doing some small roading sessions with your older dogs. And, I mean, the first time, obviously, you're going to expose him to your pack in your backyard or somewhere easy and simple and, you know, but sure, I think bringing those pups in, making sure they got all their shots, and then socializing them. And I tell guys all the time, buy your buddy a six-pack of whatever. Tell him to come to the house and just because you want him to play with the pup for 10 minutes. A new right. guy, you know, I've had dogs, uh, if you throw a hoodie on and you throw the hood up, my own dogs look at me sometimes like, for the first time in the winter when I throw a hood up and it's an eight-month-old pup, he looks up at me like, what the Who's this freak guy? is that? <laughs> It's like me with a hat off. My dogs are like, what are you doing? Yeah. Who are you? I've had dogs react to that. So something simple to us can be, like you've mentioned, a big thing to them. Little things make big things. Yeah. And I think that that is a big takeaway for me is every little thing that you do has impact, especially at that age. They're super vulnerable. Right. So remember, little things make big things. Yeah. Two, short little 10, 20-minute walks, 10-minute sessions. That's where you're going to gain all these little pebbles in your jar. And then all of a sudden you got this dog that's really well-rounded. For sure. So if, if you guys have questions for Jared, I know he's getting them rolling in. They mainly coming through Instagram, right? Yeah, we're getting quite a few Instagram questions, some email. 
So make sure to check out Jared, best gun dogs, best hound dogs over on Instagram. If you guys have questions, we're going to really try to um, answer a lot of those direct questions. Sure. You know, we tackled a couple in this one that were sent in, but keep them coming in. Let us know what you think. Drop a review. Right. And uh, we look forward to doing some more of these. I think Buddy's coming around today, so we might we might squeeze you on for one more today, Jared. Yeah, and thanks to those people that have I mean, we've got multiple uh, messages of those that have that have said that they've got some value or some little golden nugget somewhere, and have sent that. You know, they haven't left a review, but they've sent me a personal message. So thank you to those people. I mean, it's always fun when some guy from <laughs> thousands of miles away sends you a little message and says, "Hey, thanks. I really appreciated that. I needed that this week. You know, I was struggling, right? and I needed that. So it's really neat." Right on, man. Well, thanks for joining. Yep. Yeah.